fresh. Okay, good. Yeah, fresh in your brain. Fresh, fresh in the mind. Fresh in the like. Okay, so my German is not good. What the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> uh, yeah, you watched the new Rammstein video. Okay. Um, you could see. I mean, you don't need no German to see what was going on. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I think a lot of imagery may be lost on me, other than like the GDR concentration camps. I did not get that that woman was meant to be Germania until the See, credits I got told that, like, me. the first time that I watched it. Really? Because okay. she's, like, riding in on a... One, she appears in every single epoch of German history. Right. And she's, like, the main focal point. Mm-hmm. Also cool that they made it a black woman, because uh, I yeah. imagine just, like, every, like... You That's know, just a trigger in the fucking yeah, 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 shots. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if a lot of people don't know this, like, Rammstein has been pretty vocally left-wing, and a lot of people, mm. then, when they first learn German, think that they're, like... Even like every like every German teacher I ever had was always like, oh, they're a horrible man because they're like they're Nazis or whatever. Like people are just that fucking dumb, and they've um yeah they've they've made themselves like really vocal about then one that I think the lead singer kind of wishes that like the DD that that the GDR still existed, <laughs> and that um like for example like a lot of people then who like I mean obviously they they do use like you know Nazi and fascist aesthetic all the time mm-hmm. um in Germany. You know, kind of problematic, obviously, because of, you know, that whole Hitler thing that happened. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> the sense of that then that there there are people who don't get that it is like it is done in kind of like a in jest and also possibly as a cautionary tale or like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as like, like kind of I like never you know, shock, but then also like critique then too yeah. about German society. And there's just a lot of people who then just like, like, this is fucking cool. Like they're not like, you know, they, they are right wing, this and that and that. And so they've actually had to like distance themselves with that. Yeah. Throughout that. I mean, and this video probably the most um, obvious. Yeah. Of just like their, I mean, cause like they've done festivals that then if like more if like right-wing bands will be on it they'll drop a festival mm-hmm. and imagine how big of a band that they are that's you know kind of yeah. a big deal so and they are i would i would honestly say for like when it comes to like terms of like modern culture and music and stuff like that that comes out of this country although like most germans are like oh no like you know they're not like like they don't they don't play in Germany that much either, so it's kind of like also like really weird. Like that the, they're like the biggest export. They yeah. Were also banned in the United States. Well, that for a happens while. as well. Like Ireland feels that way probably about you too. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> but like to be fair, like like Rammstein's always like been like very much culturally like on the left of that. Yeah. I think, like even like Gijek has a quote about like them being that way. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but like yeah, no, the, it's it's fair because I know that like my understanding of Rammstein, I didn't know they were like actively left wing though but like my understanding of Rammstein was they weren't right wing but there were a lot of bands that sounded very similar to them that were like aggressively yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. there are bands like that is the thing that there are a lot of people who rip that like German industrial metal metal sort of thing and just went with it um, without the you know with the fascist aesthetic and (laughs) without the you know uh, yeah uh, critique behind it yeah but it's cool and good Uh, I mean fucking Christ (laughs) Um, yeah, okay, so that's actually, because a lot of the aesthetics, and I'm still fucking very new to German history, and also my German wasn't good, so I feel like I was missing a bit. I think the only line I got was, like, I think it's in the chorus where he's, like, um, Deutschland so young and yet so old, or something along those lines. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that's Kieran's level of German, I know, young and alt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's, I don't know, I'm not going to pull up the lyrics up because I'm not a fucking nerd. Yeah, go for it. uh, There's a part where he goes through, like, there's, like, all these, like, where it's, like, Uba, 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 and, like, all these, like, very, like, negative qualities. Yeah. And then how, like, Germany isn't always, like, taking itself then. Germany, like, wanting to 
there's a line that's extremely controversial too because he says Deutschland über allen. Yeah. And if you change it to alles, then the, the phrase is illegal technically. It's the third line of the national anthem that you're not allowed to sing. That yeah. Nazis love to sing. Fun fun <laughs> fact actually, in the UK, if you ask British people what's the opening line of It'll the be, German, yeah. they'll say mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. Uh, they don't know it's been changed. Yeah, I think Americans think that too if they yeah. know the, uh, the, the, what is it, Deutschland, Hymne, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. But um, yeah, so they have all these like like negative negative attributes about how Germany putting itself above everyone has just created like bad situations for everyone. Yeah. And then ending with then like, you know, Germany over everyone or everything, bringing it to the sense of that then when Germany finds itself in this position, when Germany becomes nationalistic, it is bad for everyone. Mm. So that was one of the main things too, with like the lyrics. And there's also another line where he says like Germany, like you'll never have my love or affection or whatever. Yeah. So, but for me at least, this is like one of the very first times where that like came forth of that. They were like, as I joked with you earlier that like Rammstein's now anti-Deutsch. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. Also, can I just ask what are the like five eras they were getting at there? Or like, because it's like constantly switching between these like different mm-hmm. time pieces. Obvious one there is there's like a World War Two uh, concentration camp. Yeah, that's the one that then every like every one wrote about mm. because that like one split second scene where they're in a concentration camp. Yeah, and everyone like I guess like the Jewish League of Germany came out and said like you can't do that. And if you look at then the whole video, yeah, it's like okay, like I I don't know if you can do a, a concentration <laughs> camp scene tastefully, yeah. but it's not glorified. Like it's obviously like at the end they murder all the the fucking yeah Nazis. they blow off the faces of the Nazis. That was cool. Yeah, like and that. it also has people. Then the thing I thought was really cool too is that they had like every victim of the band. Or every band was a different victim that then was persecuted by mm. the Nazis. If you saw the thing on the saw the bad, I saw the pink triangle, yeah. which is homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I think that. You know, yeah, okay, of course, like, Rammstein aren't Jews or gay or whatever, but the mm. sense of, like, showing them the vis- visibility of them who also the Holocaust yeah. did, you know, for, for uh, entire groups of people that they, the Nazis did round up. I personally had no problem with that. Then again, I'm not part of one of the groups that were targeted. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so there was that. There was World War Two. There was um, GDR. GDR. There's, like, the Germanen, so, like, the, the pre- german peoples going around like on the yeah the horse on yeah. horses and stuff <laughs> or maybe that was like the era of like carl the 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 first or whatever yeah it looks a little like teutonic kind of yeah yeah, yeah. yeah okay. it's that whole deal like the holy roman empire i uh, know i think it actually is the uh the holy roman empire right because that was actually german I, i've learned very recently like charlemagne and all that oh yeah that yeah, was yeah. basically germany and a bit of north of italy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that then there's the um uh what else i think just like the 20s in general where they're like in that bar fist fighting oh so like the the booming 20s like yeah. um there's that whole tv series at the moment berlin babylon exactly yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and then you also have the 70s with the um raf okay right where they're dressed where uh half of them are dressed in drag yeah, yeah. i guess because the to be the other members of the RAF. I don't know. But that mm. one was actually like, I saw it, I got it at first, but then I was like kind of confused. I'm like, wait, why are they dressed like this way? It, it, it That one made the least, I mean, it makes sense to me historically, but then like how they executed it, I was kind of confused, but it right. doesn't matter. And um, yeah. And there's like some future astronaut shit where... That part I didn't get at all. Germania like, gives birth to German shepherds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm also like... 
I, I mean, like, yeah, I think that the, the, the general concept of the video that then it being pretty much like against the concept of Germany is pretty clear. Mm. I mean, if you want to then go and like find like the, you know, what each and everything means, I mean, you could spend probably two or three hours. <laughs> Alright, and welcome to this week's Cornish Baby. <laughs> yeah, we've been just watching YouTube and we're just gonna we're actually a YouTube Reacts channel now. Yeah, we're the Fine Brothers. Yeah. Oh god, they're trash. Um that's a different podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> that's a different episode. Uh yeah, this week um Yulia and Rob aren't here. Yeah. Yeah. Rob's off um fucking around in Italy. Um or as I like to call it, South Germany. <laughs> Bring back the Holy Roman Empire. Um, and Yulia is at a park. <laughs> I can totally understand that. Yeah, it's a lovely day. Yeah. We're inside We're watching. We're dumb being podcasters. Yeah. She has an actual life. <laughs> yeah, but in all seriousness, we did sit down and just watch YouTube videos this week. And, Pretty much. Uh, ended up with uh, the episode now that we're going to give you, which is... a. It's an extended react. It is, yeah. Actually, that'd be kind of hilarious if we just did this as just like showing clips from this Yam Bomber <laughs> video and then just... <laughs> but like not showing them, just have it only as us, as audio. Yeah, no, just, just like it's going through these normal clips and like, you know, kids react to fucking Yam Bomber men and then like cuts to us and it's just 40 minute rant about the history <laughs> of a unified Europe. Yeah. <laughs> and the concept... So uh, yeah, I well you already gave it away. Today's uh, today's lovely topic yeah. is is not Rammstein. It is uh, what is it? The, United the real States? the real pop sensation of Europe. Um, the United States of Europe. Is the that United what it's called? States of Europe. Yeah, USA. I don't want to watch this video again. Turn it I'm, off. I'm <laughs> no, it's hold so bad. <laughs> oh Jesus. So I guess a little backstory. Yeah. Uh, not backstory, but just uh, context. Yeah. So Jan Bermermann, who is kind of like the German equivalent of like the Daily Show, I guess. Yeah. So he does the show uh, Neo Magazine Royale. Yeah. Which is. He thinks he's funny and he's not actually funny. He's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, okay. I would say it's weird. All right, so let's give the context. Let's try to give a bit more factual. Just like there is a late night kind of like semi-political, semi just like talking at the camera comedy show, like The Daily Show, like last week tonight with um, forgotten his name, and like there's a million of one of these. John Oliver. John Oliver. That's it. Let's say uh, uh, never mind. Let's say (laughs) Oliver Stone. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, there's a million one of those in the States. There's a couple here, but I think Neo Magazine yeah. Royale has kind of like taken the It's first... the biggest, because there used to be the Heute show, which yeah. was literally just like, it is an exact ripoff Today of the show. Daily that's show. What it, that's yeah, what yeah, the yeah. Heute means, yeah. And then Jan Bermermann kind of took off a few years ago with being more like a comedy talk show, but then also doing dealing with um, current events, you know, like in a satirical manner, he made like music videos. Yeah. Kind of like a John Oliver thing, but I wouldn't put him as, I mean, John Oliver, I think is like, thinks that he's like the last good journalist that then exists when his show is actually kind of garbage. Yeah. Uh, I've mixed feelings about that. I like, basically, I agree that he, 
identified one problem with those shows, which is there wasn't a call to action at the end of them. At the end yeah. of like the last week tonight, there is call to actions. Yeah, but he still can't see forest from the trees. Usual liberal criticism yeah, yeah, of yeah. the status quo. Yeah, yeah. And that like people watch John Oliver and think that they're like the smartest fucking people in the room. Yeah, yeah. And people watch Jan Boom and they're just like, oh yeah, like this is funny. What's going on? Like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, he's been making it big, like more internationally because he started doing. He started doing stuff that went directly to YouTube in English. Yeah. And I think the first big one was the Janos Varoufakis one. It was, one, yes. Which... Was just talking about how pimp Janos Varoufakis which was. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, like, it was actually a good, like, it, in my opinion, it was cool seeing then, like, a German comedian realize that, like, Germany's position in the Greek crisis yeah. was fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, So, like, he isn't, like, I, I guess I need to, like, rephrase, like, he isn't just, com- like, he isn't completely dumb. He yeah. is, like, he's, like, a typical, like, social democrat on most things. Um, and then also gained international fame with his um, poem that he wrote to Erdogan. Yeah. Where then he just literally just calls him a goat fucker and shit like that. Yeah. Which is horribly problematic. Sorry, yeah, it was, that is horribly problematic. It drew attention to a lot in the German books, which I think, especially the international press, did like, was like, oh, this exists in Germany. I don't agree with this. The whole, that citizens can't technically on a public level insult other presidents or like leaders of yeah. countries. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the international community after that happened was like, we don't agree that should be a law. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So he kind of became this like free speech warrior sort of thing, but like didn't become an alt right idiot. <laughs> yeah, he still has like weird like left liberal. I would yeah, say. He, yeah. He campaigns, I think, for like the SPD when they do elections and stuff like that. Like him yeah. and like the other late show, late late night comedy people are very much like SPD members. Yeah. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I could um, be wrong. Maybe he's like, you know. Not yeah, because there's been like moments in his stuff that he's kind of indicated that he has decent politics, um, and there's some good jokes in that Yanis Varoufakis one. I still love the line because um, the whole premise is like him talking about how great Germany is, and then Yanis Varoufakis comes along and fucks it all up. Yeah, fucking pimp. Yeah, um, but like one of the lines is like, "We are Germany. We started and almost won two world wars." <laughs> yeah, like it is. It is like that one is really clever in my opinion. But the other videos that he's put out have been kind of like, I have like basically no access to the German speaking stuff. Okay, myself. yeah, like there's one that then where he talks about like how much he loves the police. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. yeah. Because his, I guess his dad was a police officer or something like that. And so he kind of takes on... This is, like, way too much German bullshit. But um, he takes on, like, this, like, Haftbefehl-like persona. Haftbefehl is, like, a gangster rapper in Germany. Okay, okay. And then he actually then had beef with Haftbefehl after this video came out. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just it's just dumb shit like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, his newest video then is kind of... Uh, Yulia and I... Yulia first thought that it was it was satire. Yeah. I thought it you and I thought it was serious. Yeah. And then at the end of watching the video, Yulia came onto our side and was like, Yeah, this is definitely like like he's not being satirical. He's using his comedy to legitimately promote the idea of this weird United States United of States of Europe. Yeah. yeah. Um, we will put if you haven't already seen the video of course it will be in the, the show notes. In the show notes, yeah. Uh like a little bit about the like comedy aesthetic. He's obviously clearly I bet you this is 100% what happened in the writer's room. United States of Europe, Europe, final countdown. We're doing an 80s rock, glam rock thing. Yeah. Yeah, 100% exactly. what they did. Um, and if it was satire, that would have been really funny. <laughs> but it, what? 
there was this weird period in the 80s where you just named your named your band after a continent because there was a band called Asia as well. Yeah, there was a band called yeah. Asia. It is true. They weren't they like a like a also a hair metal band. Yeah, or exactly. Yeah. With synth rock, synth metal. Um, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's weird. Uh, the reason I knew it wasn't satire is because for anyone who doesn't know me, this is the kind of like modern liberal conception of the United States of Europe or like the idea of a Europe european federation or whatever the fuck is like the shit that i deep dive into myself so i recognize the like confused liberal attitude towards the united states of europe which okay. this video is a hundred percent that all right so let's um i don't know anything really about the concept of a united europe uh, aside from the fact that we're in the european union and isn't that enough like, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, okay, so that would be like one kind of lib criticism of the European Union, which they feel like a lot of the problems caused in the European Union is basically it half-assed making a federation. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> because like political scientists have said that like European Union's not a federation, but it does have characteristics of it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I just want to break down some of the like good and bad shit that was in this music video. Yeah, should we start with the good? I yeah, yeah I'll okay, I'll do cool. some good. Um mainly most of the good comes at the end of the video where it like cuts to a fictional television scene of the first as they call it prime president of the European um the, the United States of Europe being sworn in and it like they claim they want to make a giant welfare state, end pollution in like five years time probably and these are like good lib points probably the most interesting one was like break up facebook and google and turn them into like democratic co-ops and i'm like okay yeah cool so far so good (laughs) i like this shit uh was there any good shit that you kind of like noted um no because i was sitting there just in awe that this video got made (laughs) like there's the part where the and i'm pretty sure this is in the this is in the bad but yeah where there's like this I, I i can't remember like exactly but there's like a girl who like is like watching tv or whatever and yeah. then she like gets really into this idea of like a united states of europe and then she like takes her jacket off and she has a tattoo of winston churchill's face on her back yeah and i was just like and at that point i thought it was a joke because i thought that most people who are like center left also acknowledged that like winston churchill was kind of a fucking monster but no they're like no, they, they buy into the whole fairy tale that we'll he fight was... them on the beaches yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. yeah, he's um like he's still on british money like he's still that doesn't mean shit look who's on american money <laughs> <laughs> oh no but like there's still a lot of american like center left people who don't recognize what's wrong with the people on the money true yeah yeah so that's kind of the space that okay. you get um but yeah, that that was that was like a step like that. I just I was not expecting that, and just saw that and was was done. I knew that at that point that I had yeah. I wasn't going to take the rest of the video seriously, and that happens like the first thirty seconds. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. It's they like also a six have, minute video. They have some like Churchill quotes at the beginning as well. True. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. They have Churchill. They also have like what is it like Conrad Adenauer or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, like all these dipshits in European history that I I again I thought when it started that it, it was going to be a joke. Yeah. That's but it fair. wasn't, yeah. So I guess the like the really confused, like the definitely confused lib, like a hundred percent liberal idea that's gotten very confused is 
what is basically primer for like a European Republic fash imagery like basically yeah shit i totally forgot about that as well yeah because basically oh my god the girl who's watching it uh throughout the video basically becomes europa, europa yeah. yeah um which in greek myth is a lady and she's involved with a bull that knowing greek myths they probably bone it sometimes. oh yeah <laughs> of course they do um and just how like overwhelmingly white the video is oh too. yeah <laughs> i had to check that as well because also they there's a lot of mixed imagery in this because they also like yeah it's a europe style hair metal band but they're also taking cues from like aha's take on me music video like the whole she climbs into yeah. the comic book thing um so but there is like they've made a comic book character illustration for each country in europe yeah yeah um i had to they like, went by too fast i couldn't like oh no i went frame by frame because you can do that in, on youtube videos okay. using the directional keys um yeah they're all white <laughs> it's like, that's fucking cool i was just like not even the french one come on <laughs> Um, who's who your favorite superhero in that one? Um, oh fuck, I can't remember what they did for Ireland. It was like Iron Shamrock, like this oh, Iron Man type thing. Yeah, there was just one lad. That's called... just embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. There was there was just one lad called Belgique, and it was just this dandy with a pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the thing that I always kind of like too with a lot of these like very pro Europe yeah just liberals in general is that they really also love these horrible stereotypes of like these like of the individual european countries individual european countries that are for most of them yeah probably like not that offensive of like a a, you know again the 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 belgian one or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. but like there was like i think the italian one was just like a a caricature of an italian person he just he had pizza yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's it is this kind of very liberal concept, especially when talking about the idea of a unified Europe of, in a very aesthetic way, kind of um, conceding ground to the right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Each country being personified, the whole fair maiden Europa thing is very kind of, that screamed very fast to me. And there was a lot of like blue and yellow. And I know that there's this thing in Germany where the European flag is flown because there's too much guilt about flying the German flag, essentially. Yeah. Um, I love going to, to protests and demonstrations and seeing those very few people who bring EU flags. There was one that we were at for like against the AfD. Okay. And yeah. people were just bringing uh, like. Uh, the EU flag. Yeah, and then yeah. I was like, this, like, this has not like what you think that the alternative to the IFD then is like what a unified Europe like that. Yeah, the IFD can still exist within that frame and function perfectly fine. A little bit is because a lot of people have bought into the concept because a lot of these parties and a lot of those resurgent right came out and their big talking point was being anti-EU, and a lot of them have shied away from that, including the IFD, yeah. and. I don't think a lot enough of the like political center has not realized that was never actually a big issue to them. No. Um it, it was kind it's in the same way you see like the bullshit of just like oh I'm triggering the libs and it's just like the most insignificant cultural symbol that they've like decided to like 
burn half their house down to destroy or something like that like what they fucking did with the nike shoes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or anytime like an american like chud says oh we're gonna get bill maher canceled i'm like all right cool my favorite was when <laughs> was when what is it with the colin kaepernick scandal in the u.s yeah yeah which, um you know about that i do yeah, okay, yeah, I, do, okay. Yeah. I was wondering like maybe that was one of the things that like europe didn't like fully they had to explain american football to us first but then yeah we're oh <laughs> okay yeah um so the funniest thing was always seeing on Twitter just the people just like destroying their like three hundred dollar like NFL jerseys. Mm. Like, I fucking hate the NFL. Like, yeah. This pisses me off. Um, yeah. So that's that's basically the USC video. Um, but there is a serious conversation to be had about yes. USC, and that's yes. I think what we want to segue into more or less. Is pretty that much because. I would say, and I don't know shit about this. So when yeah. you brought this, when you brought this idea up to me, I'm like, okay, cool. I can, I can, maybe, <laughs> I can learn something. This is going to be terrible or brilliant. <laughs> the the thing was, I'll just be here to like ad lib. Yeah, fair enough. So it is definitely becoming like way more of a topic nowadays. I want to say, maybe this is because I've been like, I've always been deep diving into like European level politics, like EU level politics, and. That's where all Check the out Kieran's other podcasts previously <laughs> in Europe. That is where like all the people who are mad into a unified Europe like go. They go to Brussels. Like that's obviously what you would want to do if that was your like big political hill that you yeah. like want to die on. Um, and that being said, it is becoming definitely more of a topic that's. I feel like it's been taken more seriously in continental Europe or like Eurozone Europe, being like we all use the same currency let's go and like one big part of that is like i'm not a huge person to know too much about like how currencies work but like the fact that we're sharing a currency across is very bad yeah so that's just <laughs> yeah that's my two cents that's it's true, extremely yeah. complex when you have like i mean the idea then of, of having a currency would be then based off then like the productivity of your economy in yeah. a certain sense now and when you're leveling that up against like germany and france mm. whose currencies were pegged at the dollar and pegged to gold yeah. into the 70s actually 1977 is when they uh became free floating yeah and then you have these two massive economies that the u.s pretty much made sure were good for yeah. the reason of reconstruction then be the ones to kind of push for a unified cur- like big reason why great britain didn't want to be on it was because you know you're kind of have to level out then the value of your currency which was which was worth more mm. than the you know when the euro was being yeah um toyed with and devalue you'd have to literally devalue your currency to then match the economies and of like italy greece and spain and all these yeah. other countries and um like for example greece when they joined the euro and i think 2002 or 2004 they're one of the founding members 2002 yeah so uh greece had to completely revalue their currency before they went and to go on the which was which is like a normal thing but just to like put it into perspective is that that when you have non-equal economies going on a same currency like it is already from the start a problem yeah at least in my opinion and um and i think that the economics behind it pretty much shows that it is extremely difficult and we can see too with then how the euro when the, whenever there is a euro crisis how it reverberates through the eurozone mm-hmm. is much different than when like the united states has a has a crisis now given when the us has a crisis then europe has a crisis but the us can deal with their crisis internally with their own monetary system that they don't have to kind of, you know, meet in a very complex manner. Yeah. And I mean, for example, you know, not, not, not to get too nerdy on the economic side of it, but like, you know, uh, go off King, you know, uh, like, like the, uh, 
the euro's been at zero percent has a zero percent interest rate for like the past two years now and has not seen any growth and it's because of this complex nature that then one no one wants to invest in this currency because they kind of just like you know not they don't trust it but it just is like the complexities complexities of of a capitalist system just yeah uh they were even debating doing negative interest rates so that then that you would get paid money to invest in euros Okay. Like Switzerland does Sign that. Me up. Yeah, I mean, if you're a if you're a multi billion dollar corporation, or you just have money just sitting around, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. So I mean, just there are a lot of problems with that just at the at the get go. Yeah, it is. It like I think first and foremost, at least for me, the euros like the European Union and the like and the the logical conclusion of the eurozone mm. is entirely that the European Union was always economic in its construction, and I yeah. think it, I think most people wouldn't disagree with that yeah so i think we'll get into that a little bit later but like one of the liberal solutions to the problem of the euro is to become one country like they point to the fact that like america can do this with their currency because it's one country or acts as such anyway um so like this whole discussion of the united states of europe is becoming more and more prevalent like the fact that you have like what we kind of said earlier is the biggest like german satire show just like openly advocate for Mm -hmm. it and I don't think this is the first time that Jan Barbermann has done that. I've seen other stuff he's done in the past. He also like wants to. He's also done stuff where he wanted to create a league of all these like types of shows in the various European countries. Yeah, to with, collaborate with each other. Yeah, uh, I think that started with the uh, with the Trump yes thing where it was like uh, make America great again. Yeah, or like America first, and then he was, and then every America country, first, Germany second, Germany second, yeah. and Netherlands second, and like people could vote on it. And it was like kind of like, um, I don't know. It was it was it was funny to see then other countries kind of just use their stereotypes about like why they should be second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? there there was some good like punching at themselves, whatever. And they're like, there is something nice. And there utopian. were a few countries who just like legitimately took the, the challenge seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is like this is why I can't fault Jan Barman on this particular issue because he does seem like idealistic and utopian in his kind of view of this so i'm like okay your heart's in the right place i guess um i just don't agree with your prescription and also this weird thing where they just keep wanting to annex ukraine which oh yeah true (laughs) on that map ukraine is continuously like part of europe yeah so it's not a map of the european union it's a map of the european union plus okay everywhere else that it colors in that's not the european union is at least like in some sort of other agreement with the EU, like EFTA or European Economic Area, or is like a prospective member, like the Western Balkans countries. Yeah. Ukraine just comes in completely. And it's also like, Ukraine, yes. Belarus? Nah. <laughs> Belarus is too far gone. We can't. We can't that. And of course not Turkey, because... Yeah, we'll get into that later as well. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here to. I'm here to go off. Cool, cool. <laughs> um, all right, we're gonna briefly go through the concept of like. I'm probably going to flip between the terms USE and like unified Europe. Basically, what I'm saying is the same thing. Yeah, effectively the same thing. And we'll get into how like the huge problem of this is like how no one is really willing to go into detail about how to do this um, or what they envision. So this shit starts in the late 1800s. Um, when this stuff is like first being brought up and 
this also like came around the same time that people were talking about the idea of like something that would eventually become the League of Nations and then the UN. But like people were, but there was definitely people in Europe being like, "No, we can't. We can't have discussions with the Asians. We'll have our own version of it here." And a lot of during this period and the interwar period, it's kind of unclear about whether like people are actually talking about a European Republic or just like a mini UN. Um, yeah which that became a bit of a schism later but um yeah like some people were also talking more explicitly about a usa clone uh, but this is also back when the usa was a bit more confederal than it is now as well um first big name in this is giuseppe manzini who is famous for unifying italy and he kind of saw the unification of Europe as the like next logical step. So presumably he's talking about a parliamentary republic, because that's what Italy became, kind of, um, for a while. Although Mazzini is like a fine figure. He got into a lot of like sloppy fights with Marx. Um, Marx basically considered him an idiot. Good. And Mazzini considered him mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's <laughs> basically the summary of both of their arguments. I'm sure there's like reams and reams of Italian text that explains it in more detail, but that's what I could figure out. Um, in terms of like the left in this period that were advocating for like a united Europe, you had both Bakunin and Trotsky who were like big advocates of this. Bakunin was advocating for it because i think he saw the writing on the wall of world war one and was like would not but so did angles so i mean yeah yeah <laughs> but like his solution to it was like rather than us all getting into a fucking pissing contest with each other unify um and obviously he saw it in like a typical anarchist way of federations all the way down like you probably federate your building that you lived in kind of thing and then Trotsky also called for a United States of Europe before the revolutions in Russia kind of but again he specifically said like first of all he included Russia in his analysis which is something that does and does not happen sometimes and he was like wanted a proletariat republic so so like the USSR basically USSR but Europe yeah yeah. cool yeah pretty baller then we get into World War II and this is when all the like fucking weirdos come out. Wait, so the the so let let me catch up for my yeah. very smooth brained self when it comes <laughs> to this. So this is so after World War One, this all because this is like off, like after World War One too. You have then like just the collapse of empires too. Yeah, also brings into the discussion of then like like how I I, I guess it comes like you know retroactively that then at like when when world war ii happens people kind of look back and i mean I, and I, know, I know that you're going to talk about that mm. now but i think a lot of people forget that when you have the collapse of you know the austro-hungarian empire the ottoman empire now again is turkey europe is a bigger question but when it comes to then like the population exchanges and stuff like that and just people who are just left in these yeah. falling empires that then are stateless I'd say the Ottoman Empire certainly was European. Like, a lot of land was yeah. in what we would consider Europe. And... Balkans and all that fun yeah, stuff. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. But given they were already independent at that time, but they still had then people of citizens who were still living in what is then now, like, modern-day Turkey and mm. these areas who then got, you know, shipped on over back to back to Europe. Yeah. Technically never lived there. <laughs> and then you have the Armenian Genocide, too, and all the other fun yeah, stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, World War One kind of is, like, this, like, watershed moment of the idea, then, of, of not only just Europe, then 
um, fall, like Europe's empire is collapsing, but then this the idea then of nationhood drastically changing as well. Yeah. So internally, even like without the idea then of like of, of a unified Europe or not, like you have um, a lot of um, you know like the formations of concentration camps that were used in Africa, mm-hmm. then are then brought to Europe to kind of contain people in a refugee crisis that they had in the 20s and 30s because of just pe- misplaced peoples and whatnot. And it ends up fueling a lot of the anger that then comes into World War II. Yeah. So, just a Yeah, no, note. you're like 100% right. The My World War II section of the history here, I would say, includes a bit of like pre-World War II. Yeah. The reason I'm doing this, though, is because it's really hard to separate what is like people reeling from World War One, like what you're basically talking yeah. about and all the effects It's like one... Had like block of yeah, of yeah but there's also a lot of people in here who are advocating for some form of united europe because again they're seeing the writing on the wall yeah uh, of what eventually becomes world war ii um so the big like concentrated eff- efforts or like probably more formal and wonky efforts was you got within the league of nations which um fucking throwback thursday um there was a lot of like there was a lot of like french and british like politicians and diplomats who were very much advocating for this idea within the league of nations um oh another thing that is like a big part of this is after world war one and during world war one it becomes apparently clear that europe is not necessarily going to be on top of the world order after these events so how do we kind of like maintain the global hegemony that Europe has? Um, because I don't know if they were correctly guessing that it would be the USA and the USSR at that point, but they knew it wasn't going to be them. So that's like a part of it as well. Well, I think that probably goes into just like the collapse of empire that they saw from the end of yeah. World War II. Like yeah. they all pretty much dissolved what holdings they had. I mean, okay, yeah, Great Britain has one last stab in palestine and like iraq and whatnot but as a whole like their their share of the earth that they controlled after world war one drastically decreases there's um that being said though like the big like pushback from this like creation of united europe was there was a lot of people at the time who believed that europe would maintain its global power through its colonies they didn't see the like further further shedding of colonies that would happen during world war Two and like the global 60s mm-hmm. that was like also going to happen like churchill was a big part of that and a lot of people in france also were as well because france still owned like huge swaths of africa and also like a lot of mussolini's strategy during world war Two was like he also believed this was the way things were going that's why he tried snatching up a whole bunch of shit in africa Yo, what's up ethiopia <laughs> <laughs> yeah right um yeah so did you know that there's a bust of him carved into like the side of a mountain in ethiopia mussolini yeah fucking hell i don't know if it's still there but i know that then when when the italians came and you know yeah occupied the country country and then got kicked out like two years later (laughs) um yeah they built this like monument in the site like like it's fucking crazy i'll show it to you after after we record fucking christ you'd want want to demolish that but that's very quick work for them like Imagine just immediately going into Ethiopia and so fucking confident of yourself, even though your military leader couldn't fucking invade Greece, um, <laughs> and just be like, "Yeah, let's build a statue of him. We'll be here forever." <laughs> um, yeah. So 
yeah, French and British diplomats were pushing this idea. You also have Wilhelm II within Nazi Germany um, during World War II was like, oh, it's pretty cool that Europe is being unified <laughs> under German leadership. Wait, I don't think he lived in Germany at that time. I think he lived in the Netherlands, but it was like very openly in support of the Nazi government. Right, fair enough, yeah. But he's, yeah. Ref- sorry, he's referring to Nazi Germany yeah, yeah, like yeah. creating a united Europe. <laughs> Which is, um... Oof. Adolf Hitler, Time Person of the Year, 1936. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Or what was it, 1933? I can't remember. Uh, um, in 1923, you have basically a bunch of people nostalgic for the Austro-Hungarian Empire create the, like, Pan-Europe, uh, Pan-Europa Manifesto and the Pan-European Movement, who's, like, not first president, but second president of that was literally one of the Habsburgs. <laughs> <laughs> president of that like cool movement um oswald mosley also wanted a unified europe <laughs> so all the, the the coolest of the cool wanted. yeah he had a particularly beautiful vision of it of just like yeah a great big unified europe and also that apartheid thing that's happening in south africa that but across the entire continent of africa well that um what is it the uh um the the German idea of then like a unified Europe, which would obvious not not German, the Nazi German idea of yeah. a unified Europe was the exact same thing as well. Just like oh yeah, like uh, Ukraine will be our slave labor. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, pretty much. There was like this idea that like the nation state can't maintain itself without just horrifying colonial practices which is true yeah like it is unfortunately <laughs> the thing that at least like fascists get right is that they love the nation state a lot and they also love imperialism a lot yeah. now um they recognize the same failings of the nation state yeah. that we do but they're like it's cool and good actually yeah we like do more they, it's it's always like there's there is like a really interesting take that i forget the book but i have it on my kindle it was written by some italian guy mm-hmm um, about then how there's like just like and this is this is a very typical Marxist take yeah. of that then that liberalism and the development of fascism kind of go hand in hand with one yeah. another that then fascism is the more extreme version of then like the tried and true ideals of liberalism yeah but um, he really goes through and like breaks down then how like you know where we see this like where yeah. it isn't actually like where that claim you know comes to you know realization and it's just it's an interesting. Um, it's an interesting thing to like take things like race science and stuff like that. Obviously, that then that we now associate. Oh, you know that's not a part of liberal ideals. <laughs> and when then you look at like scientific papers from like the years I don't know, like eighteen fifties, yeah, being yeah. promoted by liberals of like, see, like look, like the skulls are different there. <laughs> and now how fascists just like still adopt obviously that race science into the way that they view the world now. Yeah, but it originates from then an idea that then of 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 liberals who are also typically on the wrong side of history (laughs) right um yeah so we'll get into actually a little bit of that like larger theory later because i want to go into more detail about it because yeah i'll explain but this is probably the most like pimp aspect of like a unified european concept uh, especially from a left-wing perspective which is the um it's an italian word i'm probably going to not pronounce it correctly I think manifesto is an Italian word as well, but fuck it. Um, Vento Tene uh, Manifesto, uh, which is named for an island that Mussolini put all the like political prisoners on. It's just an island in the Illyrian Sea. Um, but basically, 
1941, a bunch of uh, Italian Antifa commies, uh, namely one guy called Alterio Spinelli and Ernesto Rossi, uh, wrote this manifesto encouraging a socialist federation of European states as a means to basically rebuild the continent after this war had ended. Um, the interesting thing about this manifesto is, first of all, very fucking hard to get an English translation of it. Uh, it's quite short and it's written in Italian. But the thing is, it was also like crowdsourced. Like those two authors are the ones who are attributed to it, but it was crowdsourced amongst the like 800 prisoners on okay. that island. Like they all just kind of like were openly discussing with one another. They were writing this book and people in the prison would just contribute like thoughts. And there was just these like discussions in like the prison grounds about like, oh yeah, you should put this in the book. And they're like, what are, what are you talking about? That idea is stupid. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> like, and it's worth pointing out that these 800 prisoners, about 700 of them were classified as, I think 500 were classified as communists and an additional 200 were classified as anarchists. And then, like, 100 belonged to, the, like, the liberal front that tried to oppose um, Mussolini. So, like, this, this, this fucking manifesto gave some cool stock. <laughs> um, so we will not have a link in the description for this one. No, because it's not fucking in English. <laughs> um, you can, if you read Italian, you can look up the, the Ventotene uh, manifesto. Uh, so that's the history. What do you, what do you think of all that shit? It's mostly fascists. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm just like like Joe Rogan right now, where you're the very smart person on the podcast, and, and you're telling me stuff that I'm just like, yeah, fucking cool. Like, <laughs> and just like very uncritically listening to these things. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna become like a Euro fascist now. Oh, good. Yeah, well, that was the plan all along. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, like, yeah, the the. The fascist idea of, of a unified Europe is something I've always kind of like. I mean, if if you have contact, especially now with people who are yeah. in like the alt right, very much like we have to preserve Western civilization thing, yes. they they kind of drum up the same ideas and and um you know fervor that these people in the 30s and 40s were doing. It's like oh, we need to preserve white culture. And that means, I mean, like Richard Spencer says the same shit like, yep. a lot of the time that then Europe needs to be a unified thing. I mean, it, it goes back to the thing we were talking about, like this weird phenomenon of the right being internationalist, yes. but only in Europe, obviously, mm. or in you know the U.S. and that they love Netanyahu as well. Yeah, but um, basically, internationalist with the countries they're willing to like shake hands with, essentially. Or white. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. a <laughs> bunch of fucking white countries, and like this. Um, it's hard to imagine that now today, obviously, like, oh, I thought always fat, like fascists really hate each other. But then when you actually kind of like look into the history, then two of them, the stuff like, like, like you said, 30s and 40s, that these ideas aren't all that foreign. Fascists just want to work with other fascists. Yeah. Until then you have like that Star Trek episode where they all just start like, you know, having power struggles against one another and trying <laughs> to kill each other. So which is ha which is what like, like what happened in Romania. Like there was a fascist party that um, I don't fucking remember their name. I don't speak Romanian, but like their military w w wing was called like the Iron Guard. Yeah, or yeah. something. Yep. And they were like more insane. I know this is hard to imagine because of the atrocities that Nazi Germany committed, but their ideas of the world were far crazier than what the Nazis did. And the mm. Nazis actually purged them when they came, <laughs> when they went into Romania. This is too hardcore. Yeah. So because it was like it was like National Socialism mixed with a shit ton of Catholicism. Ah, good. Or Eastern, whatever Eastern Orthodoxy. No, be Eastern Orthodox yeah. if it's Romania. Yeah. So, um, yeah, wild. So. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, this is... 
I think it's it's important to talk about this because like um especially like a left-wing concept of a united europe because like and we'll get to it later but my central thesis of like why the left should have an idea of unified europe or like what to do with the european union which are very related questions because it's getting to the point now where like the libs and the fash certainly do they certainly have an idea of what to do for it and like uh either we said off mic or the beginning of this podcast my brain is mush but the fact that like a lot of these um far-right parties that are rising in europe have all kind of like abandoned their like yeah you said that earlier yeah recording yeah they their criticism of the european union and they're happy to like unify it and also like at the same time why wouldn't they like the european union has an absolutely brutal external border policy yeah um that's aimed towards non-white countries and yeah yeah um and I always get the feeling that them from especially the the like the Eurosceptic left or whatever hmm. that they they understand the like they understand that they understand like the the brutality of what the euro of, of what the EU does yeah um, to other countries they understand it as being kind of also then a continuation of like a buffer zone to like Russia and whatnot being kind of this continuation of it's a like containment a Cold War policy project. yeah. 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 Um, given not all members are part of NATO, but they kind of function in that way as being like partner nations I think, with NATO. A I lot think of the time. biggest tell would be the fact that like Finland didn't bother to join the European Union until the fall of the Soviet Union. Yeah, because Finland recognized that it was. Yeah, and like it still a, is very much that, especially yeah. with seeing then like the like, again Ukraine is on that map from that music video. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there is very much the European desire of wanting to claim Ukraine as part of this project. <laughs> Um, but like within all of that, within all that crit- of, of legitimate criticism of what it is, it's mm. still like kind of cut, like at the end of the day, like the, and I know I'm going to sound like a member of fucking like DM 25 or whatever, <laughs> but the system that then is in place of Europe is of, of, of Europe, of, of unified Europe, Europe, European countries kind of being able to, to function in this, whatever it is, yeah. this union, this federation, whatever it is. Um, can be far more beneficial for Europe than if you cling on to the nation state idea of each yeah. and every individual country. So I kind of like, like, do I have to, I, like, in that sense, I will accept the lesser of two evils there. Like, I'll accept yeah. a, a brutal EU than, you know, Hungary, Germany, France, yeah. and Italy, or whoever the fuck it is who are just becoming insane right now, just going at it if there wasn't, like, a. And I'll give it, like, the EU's, like, politically is horribly complex, yeah. horribly technocratic. Um, the eurozone is horrible for a country that then does not have you know a massive economy. Like mm-hmm. there are you know these things that I can obviously see are bad, but completely ditching it and going back to the nation state concept is not an option. Yeah, I think the other thing is like the idea that if we left the European Union, we could become a socialist utopia. Is like yeah, that that's possible, but you can't really guarantee that for every country after the collapse of the European Union because like more of them, I like you could say in to be. To be generous, you could say for every country that turns into something socialist and good, another country will turn fash. My pessimistic outlook is that if the European Union collapsed. A lot of countries would turn oh, super yeah. fash. Most, I think, most of the like really powerful European countries would turn fash. Yeah, like, that yeah. Is, we see that even with the European Union just existing. Yes, yeah. Regardless of having an EU critical point, like they just really love the nation state too. On top of it, yeah. And there is like a conflicting sovereignty that exists, obviously, within the European Union, but. Yeah. Um, to that other point, though, if like I'm just imagining if 
I don't know, like, there'd only be certain countries that then could, like, become socialist in that sense. Like, yes, if, if, and maintain itself without yeah, being... Yeah, like, like, let's say that then, I don't know, like, Portugal. Just a, Portugal become socialist. I mean, you even see this, too, within the EU as well, or within, like... The election of Cyprus could be, like, or yeah. Syriza could be seen. As yeah, like... exactly, like, exactly that. Like, I know that, like, the term, like, what is it, Syrizaization has been, or Syrification? No, um, pacification. Pacification. Like, be turned into Pasok, yeah. yeah. So, that everyone complains that then, like, oh, whenever, you know, a socialist government gets existed in a, in a small peripheral European country that they just, you know, appease liberals, it's like, they don't have an option half the time. Yeah, yeah. Because, at least in the case of Greece, there was always a sense that then the European and the internal um, governmental bureaucratic structures would just like not inform the government of things that were happening so that they would fail. Yeah. Like there is, depending on how big and powerful your country is, you can't sustain yourself as a social, I mean, look at Venezuela, Mm. you know, like good example, Google Venezuela, Google Venezuela, (laughs) you know, like it is, it is extremely hard to then make yourself, especially if you're a smaller nation, given Venezuela has money because of oil. Yeah. But let's say that then if Greece or Portugal decides like, okay, we're going to become socialists now, they have no industry. <laughs> like, no, yeah, absolutely. And, and sanctions against these countries would... And even like the fact that like Venezuela was only able to after, like get on its feet because basically of the pink wave. Like yeah. it happened in South America that a handful of countries, and then you also had Cuba sitting there, were able and willing to support you transition to this kind of like well transition slightly transition to this type of government yeah attempt to transition that's probably a better word um there's again no guarantee that that would happen if portugal became socialist it you would really want spain to also be socialist or uh france or ireland or the uk or whatever like some periphery like neighboring countries um yeah, and this and to be fair too, Venezuela's been able to like keep themselves afloat because they've been able to generate. I mean, given yes, they have hyperinflation right now. Yeah, but previously to that, they generated revenue through having the world's largest oil reserves. Yes, like they based stupidly everything on <laughs> this thing that you can easily just boycott and sanction. Yeah, and um, then an economic crisis. <laughs> and again, like I think the the more credit goes to something like Cuba. Cuba yeah. managing to like hold on despite absolutely fucking brutal sanctions mm-hmm. in the country is like probably the exception that proves the rule though rather than anything yeah. else because like every other country that like nominally claimed to remain socialist either is no longer socialist or is brutalized to the point that it can't yeah. be socialist yeah um so anyway that whole concept of like yeah we we possibly need to do something with europe i think another big point about like why you want to have an answer for like a unified europe or like what to do with europe is because something that i feel like a lot of like um left anti-eu will like fail to acknowledge or want to talk about or just don't know about it if i'm being generous is the fact that the concept the basic layman's concept of the european union is still incredibly popular yeah most people who like the european union i think from our perspective and from anyone on the left's perspective would be that you don't really know enough about like how it works there's a lot of brutal things like you said and that's not common knowledge and usually when you pitch it to people they're usually horrified like again the whole um drowning in the mediterranean they yeah. were horrified at that they just didn't know the eu was it's always kind of like yeah it's always kind of that thing that then like when you first get into like finding out like at least for me like when you first find it like you get the information that the united states is a pretty shit country yeah when it comes to 
um, international relations or when it comes to then like, you know, poverty in the country itself. Yeah. And you become like overzealously anti-American, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where you're just like, oh, yeah, like um, North Korea is against the United States. I'm fucking pro-Yucha then at this point. And you see a lot of that on Twitter and stuff like that. Or like, they're like, oh, yeah, like I'm an Assadist, but I'm left wing. Yeah. You know, and I kind of get the same thing from... Younger people, especially when they find out the bad stuff about Europe, is that they become overzealously than the exact anti like antithesis of yeah. that. And like for a lot of people, I imagine it's just like a phase if they're younger. And for like you know if they're older people, then obviously like I don't know, I don't have hope for them because they yeah. probably then have like you know, uh, you know made their made their mark with you know why I don't, I, I I don't know. But I always I always find it to be a lot of times just kind of like a phase of younger people that they're yeah. just like very much like, yo, I found out that this thing sucks, so I'm against it no matter yeah. what. I think, I think it's also just like, there's that understanding of the European Union, but like you have to separate that from the like common understanding of the European Union, which is, it's really nice that like, if I want to, if things go to shit for me here, I could fucking move to another part of Europe and yeah. live there for the rest of my life. Uh, presumably if it's better there or if like my industry is there or if my wife or children are there whatever the hell and i know there's like some material conditions like not everyone has the money to move um that's a problem no matter whether the eu is there or not yeah. um but like the the common understanding of the european union is like open borders and it's kind of convenient that we all have the same currency that's yeah. usually what people are saying yes to when they're asked in a survey and yeah. none of those concepts fly in the face of like a left-wing ideal like open borders and yeah that kind of shit that's not necessarily something that you would have to impose yeah the things that people on the left oppose with the european union i like to think that the general public would also oppose if they like explained it to them or like talked to them about the reality of the situation yeah that's that's generally my kind of take on it yeah so uh do we want to move on to our uh, last talking point which is some of these like modern these, iterations yeah these kind of very weird what we're seeing now currently with we want to keep europe we european union's cool yeah to a degree also yeah. kind of pr- pretty shit <laughs> um <laughs> we're willing to accept that yeah let's see what we can do with it yeah uh and there's just some modern iterations that are just like europe is badass because it's white and it has a continuous culture which is complete bullshit yeah and uh yeah we want more of that so which one do you want to start with <laughs> flip a coin oh jesus uh, uh there's one that i would really want to quickly mention because it's just fucking hilarious and it doesn't take an awful lot of time to talk about All but right. like there's a dutch guy who when i first heard about him they didn't explain the context of him but his name is freddie heineken <laughs> <laughs> so i was like wait let me investigate this yes he's indeed the heir of the heineken brewing company in the netherlands and like was their CEO for a long time. In 1992, he got really into the idea of a unified Europe and, like, made it... As, as we all do. And we all, we all have that phase when we're running a giant multinational brewing company <laughs> and we're like, oh, man, United Europe, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, he made a pamphlet and, like, sent it around to people. Main thing I want to talk to you about is that it included a map, and I would really like you to look at the map and the supposed, like, states... Of what his- are these countries? <laughs> I can only recognize the top part, which stayed the same, but everything else below. Yeah. So basically, he had this idea that there would be a European U- uh, Federation that would be created within the EU. That's the blue. But okay. the EU still exists, and that's the yellow and the blue. So, like, Sweden, Norway, and Finland 
the Baltic the, nations, Great Britain, Ireland, and Iceland yeah. don't change. Yeah. But then... They don't become part of the Federation. And then this is the Federation and the constituent like members. shit. What are these supposed to be? They're states. Uh, I, I particularly love this weird northern fucking German state, which is just... Denmark and including something like... Like Hamburg, Hamburg and stuff and like that. Pomeranian, whatever the fuck that place is called. Mecklenburg von Pommern. Yeah. <laughs> Where Pomeranians are from. <laughs> That's all I know. And again, going Wait, are back. Are they really? Yeah. Holy shit. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so Pomerania, von po- um, whatever the second part of that is, the, the non Mecklenburg part. Von Pommern. Yeah. Yeah. Pomeranian. Holy shit. Anyway. Um, my favorite part of this again coming back to the theme is you may have noticed not all of Ukraine this time but a good chunk a of good it a good chunk of Ukraine okay cool yeah well, that's the part with Lviv in it which is like the most lib slash fash part of Ukraine so I guess and still no Belarus still no Belarus <laughs> Belarus is untouchable um, yeah so I just wanted to mention our I'm boy. just glad that in 1992 he also acknowledged that <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Uh, Their man. name's almost Russia. It is white Russia, it's so white we Russia. just we can't we can't have it. I would do not more people want it as just like explicitly white Russia. Is there not some just like weird ethno nationalists in the in the states being like, oh, white Russia? <laughs> There's no Kazakhs in this. I one. think it's just I think it comes down to the fact that they've they got branded in. Uh, this is earlier than that, but now yeah. the conversation is around the the Bush's axis of evil thing. Mm. And he included Belarus into he that. did, Lukashenko, yeah. Yes. And, I mean, a lot of Europeans, like, lib Europeans, see that as, like, the last stronghold of the Soviet Union. Yeah. The last dictator in Europe. That's yeah, what yeah, Bush yeah, said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it's, yeah. And he's, like, he has a very complicated relationship with Europe and Russia. He's just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> like. Whether Russia is included in the United Europe is often... Not discussed, basically. Um, it's written in Russia's constitution that they are Europe. If you did not, yeah, know no, I, I definitely, I'm one to say that they are Europe because they are a giant colonial power. It's just their colonies were contiguous, like they just went east, and yeah, yeah it's like a European culture. Most of the people live in the European well, they went side south too. They went, yeah, they did go a bit south, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They had a little tussle with Turkey, or with the <laughs> Ottoman Empire. Um. Anyway. The big boys that I want to talk about, mainly because they have the longest contiguous history, is the pan-European movement, which I mentioned in the history thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, started in 1923 by um, a conservative man by the name of Richard von Kudenhova Kalegeri. Is he German or what? He is... Um, he called himself Bohemian. Oh, okay. Uh, from Austro-Hungary, like Austro-Hungary, uh, son of an Austro-Hungarian diplomat. Mom was a Japanese diplomat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, he believed himself to embody the idea of mixing cultures and stuff like that. But there's also a part of his history where he like goes to Japan and everyone fucking hates him. So <laughs> <laughs> that's also hilarious. Um, but anyway, he's. This whole movement was founded by him. He wrote the manifesto. The movement was founded with him and, like, one of the fucking Habsburgs who, like, died in the 70s and was the, like, president of it from, like, the beginning until the 70s. Um, Because, yeah, a lot of it was just Austro-Hungarian nostalgia. Um, 
it was also and they really tried to bury this it was based on an ideology called your africa or oil africa um could you elaborate what yeah. your africa is <laughs> so to incentivize the unification of europe the countries would unite their african colonial holdings uh forming one super colony to support europe this idea was basically popular in Europe, especially amongst conservative and right-leaning Europe, uh, from like... The you, don't, you don't say. You don't say. Oswald Mosley was a fan uh, from 1900 up until like... It only died in the 1950s when Algeria gained independence. Well, That they... was basically the watershed moment for that ideology. <laughs> Where they're basically, I would give up on Africa if we can't keep Algeria. Um... But literally, they describe, and this guy, uh, Richard von Caligula, whatever his fucking name was, um, literally described in his manifesto... Count Chocula. Yeah. (laughs) Richard Count Chocula. um, Literally described the European colonial holdings as, like, dowry to one another to, like, drive unification of Europe. Use the word dowry or whatever the German word for dowry is. I don't know what the German word for dowry it's, is. It's translated as dowry. It's creepy. This movement kind of continued on for ages, like being firmly anti-communist. Like the only thing they actually achieved in the real world was they held a picnic during 1989 on the Austrian-Hungarian border. Being like, oh, it's all coming down. Let's have a picnic together. That's yeah. so lame. It's so fucking lame. Um... The founder is really fucking weird because he had this old, like, like, very, like, stereotypical European aristocrat, like, genuinely was willing to hear out any political thought as long as it came from a rich man. Like, he literally just said that. Me too. I have the exact same opinion. (laughs) Um, Fucking plebs. (laughs) um, Also, fun fact, uh, this Richard Count Chocula lad was the real-life inspiration for the character Victor Laszlo in Casablanca. Wait, what? Yeah. The character Victor Laszlo in Casablanca was a like, direct inspiration of this... Uh, of Count Chocula. Uh, Richard von Kudenhova Caligari. I keep wanting to say in Caligula. It's not Caligula, though. It's Count Chocula. It's Count, Cho- it's Count Chocula. Richard yeah. von Count Chocula. I don't want to actually learn how to pronounce his name. So no, that's fine. I'll correct you on how to pronounce Bakunin, but I will not give a shit on how to pronounce this <laughs> fucking inbred <laughs> aristocrat. Yeah, pretty much. Well, actually, no, that was the problem when he went to Japan is the Japanese were like, you're not inbred enough. <laughs> 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 your, your blood has been sullied with foul Czech <laughs> behemians. Um... Anyway, um, literally though he would he was like a reach across the aisle guy because he approached not only like uh, Churchill with this idea. Churchill really liked this idea because Churchill was a big supporter of the Euro Africa concept, which is of course he was very much forgotten about in modern day. Um, yeah, Churchill was very much on board, but not only did he approach people like Churchill, he approached Mussolini with the idea. Mussolini was very hard to get on board <laughs> with the concept. Um, and also like he fled Nazi Germany where he was living when he wrote this like he wrote it in Weimar Republic Germany but he fled when it became Nazi Germany Um, uh, first to the Czech Republic which then became Germany yeah which didn't last long and then he went to France and that didn't last (laughs) long (laughs) then he finally went to the States and then came back afterwards Um, 
a lot lots of people in the nazi like ranks really liked his ideas including the guy who was in charge of like the central bank during the whole time of like nazi germany um but a lot of nazis didn't and he was considered enemy of the states the nazis eventually called him a jew he wasn't (laughs) took away his degree when they annexed the university he got his degree from (laughs) he he got his degree in austria so it was after the anschluss or whatever whatever that's called then um but this is like a lot of this is all in the history right which that's fine like europe was kooky back then but again, I want to pull a quote from their like modern website because this society still exists, the pan-European movement. Um, like every time you say that, I think you could say like the pan-Hellenic movement, <laughs> which is PASOK. <laughs> I think pan-Europe would include a pan-Hellenic <laughs> I don't know. Um, have you seen those states that fucking Johnny Heineken oh, yeah, made? <laughs> definitely. Greece is like divided up into like three countries. So. <laughs> um... South Macedonia, West Turkey, and Super Albania. <laughs> yeah, again, I agree with all of this. <laughs> uh, but here's here's a fun quote to give you the like the idea, the ideology of pan-European movement. Fun quote from their website, still on today. Christianity is the soul of Europe. Our mission is characterized by the Christian image of man and the rule of law. It's like in their manifesto. <laughs> they um. They don't talk about Turkey a lot in their idea of a pan-European movement. What about Bosnia? Is Bosnia mm. part of Europe then? I think 60% of Bosnia is considered <laughs> <part> of Europe. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's weird. They do a lot of language to try and couch the fact that they're like, oh yeah, Jews and Muslims are okay, but I feel like you shouldn't have to... There's a lot of text in there that really warns you saying Jews and Muslims are okay because you went off on this other shit. So it's just typical white nationalist shit now. They're... Yeah, I feel like they're kind of veering that direction. They definitely associate themselves with, like, like Christian Democrat kind of movement across Europe. Like, even though I would say a lot of modern Christian Democratic parties have, like, departed from that... Yeah. Like Christian aspect. I of always it. find it very weird that Angela Merkel is the head of the Christian Democrats. Yeah, I don't see her being very much convinced by that Christian aspect. No, like not that, that she's like you know, not virulent atheist or whatever. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just always. I mean, first off, like the policy that the that the CDU does is really bad. Mm. But on top of it, that there's like there are very few people who are just like evangelically like I am proud as a Christian, and the only yeah. ones I can think of are like like dipshits and Bayon. Yeah, and then also like a lot of um, overly Christian, like, and that informs their politics. People in Europe tend not to go with the christian Democratic no yeah, parties, yeah 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 they're always on those like weird like offshoot party things yeah or, or they've gone further right yeah or, but yeah yeah so like anyway i feel like the pan-european movement is like og christian democrat i would say like really like christianity is a big part of this ideology yeah, yeah it's fucking weird um the next fucking Oh, God, the next fucking people in this um, whole cavalcade of modern, like, pan-European things is Volt or Volt Europa. They're relatively new. Is this the thing that is, uh, what's it called? 
just go. Never. I I think I've I, I think I know who these people are because you bitch about them all the time. Oh God, yes. <laughs> oh, they're that that's embarrassing. Oh God, yeah. I've I've just shown um the website. <laughs> Which is mostly just a big call to action to sign up to their newsletter. Um, yeah, so Volt, they're running in this European election, and that's going to be their first European election, although they, like, have run... They're the one that are, like, the very, like, like Macron-esque yes. Europe. Yes, okay. yes. Yeah, they yeah, very yeah. much started this organization being like, we want to do Macron everywhere. Do they also want that sweet 22% approval rating? <laughs> I have a funny feeling they have backpedaled from the Macron origins of their uh, their, their nope, movement. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> uh, well, backpedaled in terms of language, but not in any like actual substance. Um, they've got chapters all over Europe. Um, so they're a motorcycle gang, too. <laughs> <laughs> they've got chapters all over Europe. Look at that map. Uh, I've seen... I've seen photos of their meetings. They are attended by upwards of, like, dozens of people. Okay. Um... Like the Irish ones were just embarrassing. It was like six people uh, attending the meetings. I'm imagining what like Macron style politics would do to Ireland. <laughs> I feel that it's already like actually, yeah, our current Prime Minister Tishach, um very much wants to be Macron uh, before. Like he hasn't realized that Macron is not doing well. Yo, the economic crisis got me feeling like Irish Macron. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so fucking hell. The problem with Volt is they're just like they're fucking lanyard nerds, like very like they're just technocratic Europeans who already like dominate European politics, but apparently they don't realize that they dominate European politics. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very hard not to look at a lot of the people very senior in this movement as just very much like career politicians looking for their moments. Um, they try to start a Twitter argument with Yanovaros Fakas because he referred to the EU's current government as a regime. Yeah. Y- yeah, but like, they were like... That's the thing that you complained to Yanovaros Fakas about? Is apparently, that? yes, yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, God damn it! Because like, at the same time, they have like this whole vision and vaguely, like, okay, very, very, very vague things they want to do for europe namely they think they can solve all of europe's problem by like making more europe no making it smarter that's a really lib yeah talking point. there's like the estonian e-card voting system and they're just like that's gonna stop fascism <laughs> that literally triggered more right-wing people into their government this last election Ah, uh, no actually it didn't there was a rise in like a far right in estonia but when you compare the like e vote versus the like live vote, it was like the e vote was very anti that party. And oh, like, really? Yeah. Oh, like, okay. Because I, I, I'm, I'm then a dumb, misinformed lib then. No, no, that's <laughs> fine. Because you can like the weird thing with the e voting system is you can like vote from your phone up to three days in advance, but then you can also be like, I don't trust this, and then cancel it and go vote in person. Mm-hmm. It's a weird system. It's really interesting and like very insecure, but at the same time. Yeah, it was like there is like an old young divide in terms of the votes, and it is like old Estonians voting for this like horrifying. Like they literally did like a tiki torch march through the streets of Tallinn kind of party. Yeah, fun shit. Uh, we got the we got the 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 nerdy European Macron technocrats. Yeah, very much middle of the ground. We can't go too far left. We can't go too far right. Yeah, we got the white nationalists, more or less. Whatever they. I mean, they they're can't... not really around anymore, though. I, they exist, and there's like. 
it exists mostly on the internet, but I, I think we're starting to see most of it now because an interview recently with Marine Le Pen, she revealed that basically like Salvini has been like effectively touring Europe or like organizing meetings with all these various parties from various European countries to make like a bigger um so the idea is alive yeah the idea is alive and well but with just a different not really necessarily this group itself but with this i this this very like white christian centric europe being adopted by the the right international for sure a hundred percent like i think the the libs and their idea of like a united europe don't do enough to counter it to say like um to open up the idea that we might welcome in other countries that aren't european or to integrate like interrogate the idea that europe is just as a continent is incredibly racist because like we are just fully connected to asia like yeah yeah uh the idea that these are two separate continents is weird at best and they're like oh but it's so culturally different it was like yeah but so was india from the rest of a lot of asia So it's like one country in europe to the next country or like to like the next yeah state over Defining, like, culture in, like, raw numbers is a a fool's errand. And then saying, oh, this is too much of a culture departure. But this is just a fine amount of culture departure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, like, there's definitely, like, lib contingencies that aren't doing enough to, like, combat this. And I think there are, like, pan-European groups that do, like, usually left ones that are acknowledging that, like, we need people on the ground in Turkey. Um, It's as fucking miserable as the opposition within turkey is we still need to be like a part of that yeah um and i think there's also like there's a history of the fact morocco applied to join the european union in the 50s and was ejected for not being europe and i'm just like ah let him in <laughs> <laughs> fuck it <laughs> um but yeah like the far-right concept of a united europe is still very much happening like it either exists as like circle jerking in largely american or like australian or like settler colonial message boards where their concept of like ethnic differences boils down to race yeah whereas like that's becoming more of a thing in europe but still not a hundred percent of a thing in europe like there's still like in like ethnicity versus ethnicity is more important than the idea that we're all white supposedly um but that's changing i feel like definitely um and then the other side of it as well is that United Europe in the typical right-wing fashion is happening in a top-down way. Like it's Marine Le Pen organizing with Salvini to make this big broad right group in a European context. Um, like, yeah. But that doesn't. that's never going to be like what the lib or left answer to that is, which by their own definition might require like grassroots movement yeah. and appealing to So let's, people. I guess then grassroots movement, let's try to look at them. Our last fun. Is it the last one? It is. Yes. Of, um, of a movement that I, I, I'm actually not completely disgusted by, <laughs> um, or that I just think is completely laughable. I mean, I, I do have some problems obviously with them, but they're more on a, like just kind of a personal policy one. Yeah, or um, that I think that they may be a little bit too idealistic, but I'm not going to, you know, berate a leftist for being too idealistic. Because <laughs> there's, I, Throwing know, stones and glass houses or something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, DM25. Yeah, who are kind of doing a two pronged thing with this. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you have, I know that then locally within certain countries, they're also trying to run local parties to mm-hmm. then like uh in greece they're running what is it it's like mera 25 yeah, yeah. mera 25 
Is that the only? I think that's actually the only one. That's, if I'm not mistaken. that's the only one that has like the same branding. Yeah. But um, that's not true in terms of like outside. affiliated parties and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So like probably the coolest party that I certainly like the most is the Polish party Rezem. Okay. Um, they work with Rezem, and Rezem like started as like a radical feminist party within Poland. Oh, cool. Uh, but now have like, like taken up the mantle of like a much broader left, and it literally comes from the fact that the people who founded the party were Polish people who lived in like the Nordic countries, and were like, yeah, we need to push Poland to the <laughs> left, <laughs> and they came back to Poland and were yeah. like, so they have. Like yeah, they have they have very much an inter like a inter European yes. uh, uh, affiliation, a, a strong group of affiliates. Let's just say that it's not just like, uh, hey, we have friends over in this country. Is that they like if you go to the bottom of your pay of, of the page which you've done, yeah. all the parties are then listed then to of of you know, who's a part of this movement. Yeah. and are they running individually then in? their own parties in the european parliament elections under dm25 or under their own parties so dm25 has made this thing called the european spring and that's kind of like the electoral side of the whole thing yeah and the idea being that if they get these if members of these parties make it into the european parliament that they will make a european grouping called the european spring okay cool. um which would be yeah left um the things i like about dm25 and european spring as a as like an extension because they're very interrelated uh, i guess we have to like first specify that they are they are a left-wing electoral critique like attempting to then critique the eu internally through electoralism so you can't come at them with a a you know, you can't just continually just like EU bash and be like, this will do nothing, this and that and that, because then you're, you're talking to the wrong group. Like, yeah, they, they do have like they acknowledge the problems of the European Union. Their uh, poster boy is uh, Janusz Varoufakis. Mm-hmm. And um, like they are EU critical. But then at the same like the thing, thing that, that we were saying earlier is that they don't want to completely just, you know, burn the EU down to the yeah, ground. Their prescription for it is more hijacking the European Union rather than um, tearing it down. Um, and I think they're also not necessarily against the idea of basically building something new in the shell of the European Union. Like, yeah. you get into very specific kind of stuff. But the other thing I would I would like about... I, we should also say DM25 stands for Democracy in Europe Movement 25. Uh, 25 refers to 2025. The year that they want to start... A constitution for Europe um, that's where that kind of comes from although that goal might seem a little lofty now um, for sure the interesting thing about that is like they definitely have this prescription of like Europe needs to be more democratic it needs to represent more of a republic um, to like actually make it a decent system um, but at the same time yeah they are euro critical they're not the more Europe kind of wing of um yeah of european unification um because like i guess the difference between that would be like the more europe wing is like everything that we have now is good we just don't have enough of it exactly yeah yeah. like the macron level of yes yeah um pan europe pan european movement is quite like that as well um the thing i would like i like about european spring and dm25 is they are very policy prescriptive yeah they actually like have very clearly written out plans and also have like 
discussed at length how they would want like how they would implement that They've they just introduced a Green New Deal, too, the other day, yeah. a couple months ago or whatever. I don't know. They basically had that plan for a very, very long time, but they've just hijacked the American branding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and taken on that moment because, yeah, they've always had this idea to turn Europe way more green. They have, like, a basic income plan as well, which works a little differently. They want to do, like, a... They want to have a Europe-wide sovereign welfare fund like Norway has. Yeah. And rather than getting a basic income every citizen gets a what they call a universal citizen's dividend so you get like the profits of that yeah uh dished out to you um anyway other things that i genuinely like about like their program would be and probably the only ones i see talking about this is they and they feel like this is definitely from the has to be dealt with a european level is ending tax havens because there's a fuck ton of tax havens within europe ireland are like okay (laughs) <laughs> all right hang on correction point out here i hate that Ireland gets so much flack when the isle of man is right fucking there beside us um, yeah ireland has a low tax rate have you ever seen that um there's a there's a a, a chart it's a really kind of stupid looking chart but it has yeah. all the european countries as in a circle yeah and then money that flows in and out of them so one is money money flowing out, yeah, and the other one's money flowing in, yeah. And if you let's see like Luxembourg, it's yeah. like no money flowing out of it, and then Luxembourg money flowing into it is just like a massive red strip. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like there's that there is like this like sweetheart deal that a lot of European countries are doing, even though like their actual stated tax rate is like a nice corporate tax rate, but then they just come along and be like. Hey, I'm Apple. Oh, hey, Apple. Fucking slide into my DMs or whatever the fuck the kids are saying. Because, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, there's that problem. But then there is just, like, more explicit tax havens. Like, basically all the micro states in Europe. Isle of Luxembourg. Man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, like, even the smaller ones. <laughs> Monaco. Um, Andorra. Yeah. Andorra is another one. San Marino. All of them. Actually, just fucking all of them. Um, then... And also, Kiran's fucking pet fucking political project, which they have on their books, is um, immigrant suffrage. The idea that if you're an immigrant in the country, you have the right to vote. Yeah, that's yes. a good one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like again, like I said, the only problem I really have with, with DM25 is... Oh, yeah, let's, just... a, let's bitch about them now. <laughs> yeah. The only time... Like, my, my only real qualm is, of course, like, given I like I like Janos Valfakis on his handling with, like, the EU mm-hmm. thing that he did with uh, Greece and whatnot. It's like the only pop scientist... Like, pop political scientists actually talk about the EU as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. At a very and, intimate level. Like, I really like him with that, and I really liked then the sense of, okay, given, yeah, like, I think we all could have seen, like, the just the demolition of Syriza from, like, the very beginning when they got elected because they... They became like Pasok. Yeah, yeah. And there is a reason why certain left wing parties did not join them, like the Communist Party, given the Communist Party of Greece is fucking crazy sometimes <laughs> with their like horribly homophobic yeah. things. But they could have, I mean, I know that for a fact that they saw that happening. And mm. given, I think that everyone forgets that Tsipras was a member of the Communist Party yeah. like 10 years ago or so. His, his, a lot of his political history is super legit. Yeah. Which yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of people forget. So like, it is like, it is a fact of that then, like, I. I like. I mean, wanting to look at at, at Syriza with with like rose colored glasses when they came about was just kind of like not going to happen because yeah. I think just the, how the history of how that country works. Again, what we were saying, if you're a socialist government 
in a smaller European country with a very insignificant with very insignificant economic power or an yeah. economic crisis, you're not going to do shit. Like yeah. you're going to have to appease a lot of fucking libs. And you know, I think that um, you know, Valfak is kind of accepting that then that he lost that battle, stepping down from his position as the finance minister, knowing that then like this is the goal that I wanted. Yeah. And I, you know, didn't get that, so I'm out. Like, like, yeah, cool. Like, you know, trying to stand up against Germany, kind of failing, mm-hmm. but at least brought the discussion onto the table, and that he's been continuously doing that. Given he has a massive fucking ego, yes, you know, like yes. it is really like I, I, I do get it, like a sense of that, yeah, okay, he's a cool academic, and he's this and that and that, but like, damn, son, yeah, like, he, he. So there's like ways that this has gotten in the way of like DM25 would be a classic example is he had an interview with an article, a Brussels bubble article called um, a publication called You're Active. And uh, he had an interview in that where he basically said that stated that DM25 won't work with the United European left, Nordic Green left, like the left wing group within the European context. Um, he's already he's like stated in the past criticisms of Melanchon, of D-Linka and namely like I think he falls into a lot of liberal views of these parties as well because Melanchon is not as anti-EU as like a lot of liberal press has like depicted him. is not that. No, Dilinka is not as well. But he, like he, he views Dilinka as um, Wagen Connect and only her basically. Yeah. yeah. So like he has this criticism of Wagen Connect, which I can agree with, but then he extends the whole party. And but she stepped down actually. She yeah she has now yeah uh, but there hasn't been an updated comment um but like this before she which is the best thing that has happened to that party in a while yeah like Um, that was always the biggest pet peeve of mine is that like die linke at least in germany was always kind of the party that then like i I, you know when it comes to local elections that i can vote in yeah they would be like they're kind of just like the go-to one of like all right you know like like that's a party that i at least can see get into government and actually then you know like i'm not going to vote for a small left-wing party that's a fucking waste of my time Mm -hmm. but um yeah that's the hardest thing to kind of like you know, justify that was always around with like, especially during during the uh, you know 2014 to 2015, just like the complete racist bullshit coming out of Zavagen Connect's mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's very like I'm I'm surprised that she like kind of stayed along in that party as long as she did, with how the rest of the party being not nearly as problematic as her. Yeah, right. The so that is like super interesting. Like, and but when he made these comments. A lot of the lo- local chapters of DM25, like including the Berlin one, were like, fuck. Because they kind of had plans to actually work with the left wing groups. Like, I think that they will. I think just, oh, they will. Like, I, his ego is just so fucking like, big. Um, 100% disclosure, like, I pay attention to like the uh, local organizing of Die Linke here in Berlin. And they already have on their books after the European election of like reaching out and working with DM25. Yeah. Yeah um like so a lot of these places are willing and yeah i think by getting into the form of electoralism that they did get into where they kind of like signed up to particular parties meant that they were then de facto in opposition to the rest of them Mm -hmm. um rather than i think what would have been better is if dm25 just became kind of like the dsa in the states where they like it's down to the local chapters to be like find the candidates you think are like subscribing to our ideas and promote them. Uh, you can do this by candidate by candidate. You can do it by party by party. Cause that makes more sense in a European yeah. context, but like 
yeah make it a bit more loose rather than a formal coalition because a lot i of, think at yeah. first they kind of have to make it more formal in order to get right. like a, the ball rolling i do think though with you know if 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 they do stick with their guns about like you know democratization and, and decentralization mm. that could potentially be something on the plan like you know on the books, on, like on the it, books. Yeah. Um, and they have, I, I guess, also to mention too, they've also created like an international coalition yeah. as well, which is pretty interesting. That like, uh, what is it called? Like the Progressive International. It yes, has a, yeah. Dumb ass name, mm. at least in my opinion. Oh, that actually kind of leads to another point. But can, continue talking. But yeah, about, so yeah. they've gotten they've uh, like Bernie Sanders has signed onto it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, some other like I think Slavoj Cizik has also signed into onto it. So just like, yep. kind of like the biggest names that you can think of in like the. I would like left. to, yeah, I would like to see more like left wing movements in various other countries sign up. Like, I would love if they could get momentum in the UK. Yeah, um, that's the other thing. Like, there's now the thing I also yeah. like to be fair. I also hate seeing them when these movements pop up. And given, yeah, okay, it's a, and this is me just kind of bitching to bitch about a, a topic that doesn't really need to really be addressed right now. Mm. But because um, you were talking about Turkey and yeah. how Turkey's never mentioned in the European Union thing, or even mentioned in like the European. Contact, know, like concept, like pan-European yeah. context, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I really wish that then when it comes to the sense of like creating then like a, a socialist, you know, f- alternative thing. Uh, they're a party in the U.S., aren't they? Socialist, socialist alternative, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> creating then like, you know, a, a, a socialist ideal for Europe and creating then like if you if it is an international movement, then also bringing into like, given, yeah, Turkey's not an in, in EU member, yeah. but creating, you know, com, you know, like things that the communists of yesteryear did very well, especially, yeah. I mean, looking at the history of Greece and Turkey, is that the communists in both of those countries were like ride or die for each other, yeah. you know? And the, I don't see that then outside of then a Western worldview with a lot of A hundred percent, yeah. I, yeah. Would, I would love, because it's also for the purposes of people who like just want to be more active in these spaces or start a podcast. It's just a great set of like at least links to fucking learn about other yeah. things out there. Um, yeah, because like, like in Europe, like the whole of fucking West Asia, Africa, there's like a whole bunch of shit there. But like, I think there's still this very... Um, I don't want to say liberal because I don't think liberals often. It's just Eurocentric. Yeah, there's a like Eurocentrism. There's like this Eurocentric view that feels like the complexity of European politics that surely doesn't carry over to these countries. Yeah, those are simple countries with strongman dictators or whatever the fuck. Yeah, um, and I mean, like even like to be fair, like given one of, one of the really tiny parties in in Germany who will never be elected for anything like the Marxist Leninist party here yep. have a massive network of other organizations that they work for in like, like that they work with in like, you know, Turkey and Syria yeah. and in Lebanon and in all these countries that are kind of like ignored by other, you know, yeah. Eurocentric leftism. Yeah. Even the MLPD is a weird party, but at least one of the things I really do respect about them is that, they do have that interconnectivity that a lot of other left-wing movements just like they helped build like hospitals in like Kurdistan and shit like that yeah. which is fucking cool that like, is pretty cool the the next kind of point that you almost touched on there is a kind of thing that uh, should raise a little bit of a red flag when it comes to DM25 and progressive international is a part of that as well but the unwillingness to call themselves socialist yeah that is like a well. Valfakis has said himself that he doesn't want to use that word because of the 20th century. Which I mean, I can I can understand if you're wanting to like market that to Americans. Yeah, but but like I feel like the DSA kind of did well in terms of like media moment within the states because it Bernie, was the it was know. the right, well Bernie, but it was also the right moment to reintroduce that term into the lexicon. Like Bernie did that for sure. But then this idea that like 
they were able to push the Overton window. They got the shock value, and then once that shock faded away, you got a bunch of people who were like, "Oh, what is this?" Yeah. Um, whereas, I understand like Varipox's perspective because Varipox comes from like really common in the south of Europe that your like center left party that turned neoliberal was just called the socialist party. The same thing in like all of Europe for the most part. For a lot of Europe, yeah. Um, I thought it was in Germany, but then I found out the S and SPD stands for social and not socialists. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But like literally like Hollande's party in France was just les socialists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So there's like a poison. He's like, I think he's right to a certain extent that there is a poison. To be fair, the SPD back in like the 20s were radical as fuck. Yeah, they were. They were far better than any like Marxist (laughs) or left wing parties today. Um, Like maybe not in the 20s, but before the 20s. mm. Like Jose Luxembourg was a member of the SPD. Yeah, exactly. Let's not forget. Marx and Engels were also members. Well, no, Engels was a member of the SPD. Marx, I don't think, was. Um, I think the other thing, the only other criticism I would have of DM25, I think this is my last one, would be that they really kind of sat on their ass for way too long. Um, they started in like... Four years ago, I think, or yeah, something. Yeah, like 2015, yeah. yeah. Um, it was. It was 2015 because the, it was it was a kickoff that 10 years later was going to be the 20... Like, was yes, the we'll do this in 10 years, yeah. And the kickoff was actually here... At um uh da, 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 in at Rosa Luxemburg Platz is that yeah. uh, which theater is that uh Volksbühne yeah 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 it was yeah. there and it was like the yeah big kickoff party and the reason that they did they did it in Berlin was I don't know internationalism yeah. or something I don't know um yeah well like because it was literally because it was something where like Marx did something there or uh, Lenin did or so, like some figure in socialist tradition did something big there uh or in that area so that's why they did it there like they are socialist they are like yeah 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 they just don't want to they just which, you know to, to 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 give them credit to to a degree, not credit but to at least have a, a point of understanding hmm. i don't care what you label yourself yeah, as long fair. as in like your you know your policies are then socialist mm. you know that's not a debate i want to fucking have with the dm25 like oh why don't you call yourself socialist because i mean for half of europe they were under the ussr and they yeah. may you know and I, I can understand them within the country like that if you do then label yourself a socialist you're gonna get just dipshit fash idiots yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. coming at you not saying that then that you still aren't socialist and not saying that then that that being socialist is a bad thing but you know there has to be a way to then like alleviate that you know barrier of that for some countries and for some people that's not the easiest thing to go in and be like okay to be fair like i think uh there are like albania uh, again this 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 comes into the what is a socialist thing i think like the ruling party in albania is a socialist party yes it is yeah but they're neoliberal socialists yeah so yeah yeah so like that like i said that's a real problem in like just everywhere in the south of europe um but yeah, it, it's it's super interesting. But like, yeah, um, before I moved to Berlin, I genuinely thought that movement was dead. Like DM25. I, didn't I thought it was dead up until like a couple of months ago. Yeah. When I yeah. heard an interview with uh, Janos Varoufakis. Yeah. And he was promoting it. So I'm like, okay, he's still around doing his thing. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Good, good luck to them. Today? I'm sure we'll do like a full episode on them. Probably. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, we'll have a few more European... Election oh, for sure. one yeah. things because we got the fucking Euro wonk over here, Woo! which is you. So, so that's the concept of a united Europe. Yeah. So uh, next week, hopefully, we'll, we will be back with the whole gang. The whole gang. And uh, I think actually, you know, we may give some insight on the Turkish election. 
<laughs> when they finish, if uh, the AKP doesn't, yeah. uh, you the know. The nationwide referendum that asked the simple question. Why didn't we it, win? <laughs> is Turkey Europe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, so, um, yeah, next week everyone will be back from vacation or the weather will be bad and then Yulia won't want to be outside. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so uh, see you all then. Bye.